The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And I'm still here at Mobile with Brandon Robinson as we wanted to quickly go through the coaching hires that the Bears have had recently, as every name from Luke Getze to Alan Williams to Andrew Jankoko, I mean, there are a lot of guys that have joined this staff recently, and honestly, if you're like me at all, They're just a bunch of names that you're hoping make for a decent Chicago team. But Brandon, I know you've got a little more experience evaluating coaches. What do you think about some of these hires? What do you think goes into how we can evaluate these hires? And how are you feeling about them in general? Right, yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly optimistic with how this coaching search went and with their hires. Oftentimes, it it feels like some of these GMs really put, put these guys under these coaches, and it really doesn't seem like that. I mean, you look at the, you look at the defensive staff, and they basically just stole the Colts' entire staff. And why that's so important is because you just you don't want to play a game of telephone, right? Like you don't want to you don't want the head coach telling this defense coordinator, telling his position coach, telling the players like completely things, right? Different things, right? And 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 if you bring in your own guys, you know exactly how they teach your scheme. If you bring in random guys, you just don't know how they're going to teach it. You can teach those coaches, but at the end of the day, you don't know how they're going to teach your players. But bringing in all of these defensive coaches from the Colts, you know exactly how they're going to d- display your scheme, which is which is very very important, and I'm excited about that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like it's easy, Brandon, to fall into the trap of evaluating coaches based on name recognition and something important they were tied to. I'll pick the perfect example, right? Justin Fields gets drafted for the Bears the same year that they hire the illustrious, the well-known John Filippo, who obviously had worked with Carson Wentz and helped turn him into a, like, a superstar in Philadelphia. In that same time frame, obviously things didn't work out, and you have to wonder whether part of that comes from the structure that the Bears organization had at the time, where Matt Nagy, who hired Bill Lazor through probably like a mutual agent connection, was giving directions that were then passed down to a QB coach who wasn't originally working with the staff back when Nagy had originally hired Mark Helfrich and 
you think about all the telephone that must have taken place the way you described it, it's a very, very different structure than Matt Aberflus basically bringing with him his right and left arms. You know what I mean? Right, 100%. And, that, and that's what's most important is you want everybody on the coaching staff on the exact same page. And I think that's something the Bears have struggled with in the past because I, you see all the mental errors and that has to really come from somewhere. Yep, absolutely. And it, it makes me excited about what they've got going on right now in the coaching world. But I'll be the first to tell you that Luke Getze, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, I know he helped call plays for the or for the Packers. Apparently, third down was his down. And I also know he got some head coaching interviews. But head coaching interviews, I feel like at least, all they really tell you is that the NFL has a high opinion of this guy. But they also had a high opinion of Dan Quinn. So... How much are you drawing from what? How do you think of Luke Getze? Where, where are you pulling from? Right. So a, a, lot of, a lot of what Getze has done in the past has been under Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead's known as having a spread 11 personnel RPO offense, but he's also designed quite a bit of QB runs on top of that. Like quarterback runs, like as far as counters, bash, other concepts like that as far as read option and whatnot. Um, but the, the next thing is, like, after that, he was able to work under LaFleur, which was huge, just because he was able to learn all of the Shani LaFleur-esque concepts that he's able to like take his stuff from college, mold it into what he's learned in the NFL, and then create his own offense. Now, of course, some of that is a bit of the unknown because he hasn't done that yet. But to me, I, like, I, I rely on that stuff just because I would rather have some upside with my quarterback rather than just having a stale old offense, right? Because upside, like, if, if you somehow lost Lucchetti after one year, that's a good problem to have, right? Everybody rely, wants stability, but that would mean that Justin Fields had an amazing year, and that's really all I'm worried about right now is that I want year one, I, I want them to be able to, to build and create an offense around Justin Fields, and I think Lucchetti is the, the guy that can get that done. I know I had to take a breath even just considering the idea of hiring a defensive head coach like Matt Eberflus. Because like you're talking about, I mean, let's pick on the Bills for a little bit. They just lost their offensive coordinator. They promoted their quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator. And they're theoretically going through the same big problem that losing Luke Getze would be. And like you said, it's not that it isn't a problem it's just that it's a good problem to have, since right now I feel like Josh Allen would have to fall off pretty hard to lose the superstar status that he's earned. But I know when it comes to Getsy, we talked about how important it is to not end up just playing telephone over and over. I look at the rest of his staff. We've got a wide receiver a passing game coordinator in Tyke Tolbert. We've got a quarterback coach in Andrew Janoko. We've got a an offensive line coach in Chris Morgan that all seem like they're coming from different places. Is there any reason to worry that maybe that similar telephone problem could be on its way? Right, 100%. And I, I mean, I worry especially because just because the quarterback coach Right, because there's not an exact connection. Right, they haven't worked together. Um, but I mean, he did come. He did come from the, the Vikings, so you have that Kubiak, who is also under the Shanty Lafleur tree. So, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna rely on his connections, and hopefully, he'll be able to tie that all together. 
Right. I don't want to be all doom and gloom immediately over the mm-hmm. uh, or over the offensive staff. I mean, I really do believe that Luke Getzey is a nice high upside hire. You and I have talked about it on this show and other shows before, Brandon. But every guy that you hire as a first-time offensive coordinator is also an offensive coordinator that's never been fired before. So there is intrinsic upside to those kinds of hires, especially when you find out that he's a guy who's been basically managing third downs. So while it's not full game play calling experiences as close as you're going to get to offensive coordinator right I mean it's not like you've got passing game coordinators out there calling plays right 100% and like you hear you hear about the high opinion Aaron Rodgers has of him and I mean say what you want to say about Aaron Rodgers but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league he's going to have back-to-back MVPs and if he values this guy highly I value him as well right I think, I think it's something worth getting excited about. If anything, it's somebody that I know I want to get or dive into to learn a little bit more of that Joe Moorhead offense so that we can try to make some ties to, my, or to Kyle, what Kyle Shanahan and that tree does because it's also worth remembering that this isn't quite the same, is it, as Matt Nagy coming over from Kansas City where Andy Reid, I would say, has a pretty signature offense in how he operates within an almost old-school West Coast with some very, very, I don't know, recognizable riffs that you go, that's a read thing. The Shanahan offense seems more like a template, and the way that LaFleur runs it doesn't seem to be exactly the same way that Kyle runs it. I mean, is there reason to think that there could easily be some change here as Getze brings his own vision? 100%. Like, I mean, you're, you're getting a first-time offense coordinator, so there's going to be a lot of things, that, there's going to be a lot of trial and error, which... I mean, it's a little scary when you think of Justin Fields just because you want stability, but at the end of the day, like, you're looking for an upside hire, right? And you're looking for a creative mind, and and if he really, truly wants to get the most out of Justin Fields, you're not going to see exactly what what you've seen before. You're going to see a Justin Fields offense, right? You're going to see something made up to highlight Justin Fields' ability. And you don't have another quarterback exactly like Justin Fields in the league. Right. Another thing that I want to segue into a little bit, because this is something that you and I have been talking. For those who don't know, and why would you, Brandon and I have basically spent this day, what what would have been day three of watching Senior Bowl practice, just downloading what Matt Eberflus does on defense and going through his tape. And one thing that's really interesting is... It reminds, watching the way Matt Eberflus puts his players in position to succeed has kind of reminded us of how, for lack of a better way to put it, Sean Desai so believed in his players and so let them do kind of whatever they wanted to do that I love this idea of the way the Colts operate seems to be, this is your job, this is what you're going to do. Instead of having number four Eddie Jackson play slot corner or a zone corner in Jalen Johnson follow Devontae Adams around, things that are cool in theory, but ended up not helping these guys play their best football, do you think that this organization is going to, let's say, have a different attitude when it comes to, yes, trying to help the players be the best version of themselves, but even when that means potentially telling the player that they can't do something, they think they can? Right, yeah. I mean, I think Everflu seems like like the kind of coach that's going to set those type of players. And I don't even think those type of players is necessarily negative. Like, right. he wants your defenders to have the utmost confidence. But at the end of the day, the, the coach is going to know what exactly is best for those players. But 
you have to be the type of coach that's going to speak up, right? And tell them that, no, we want you better. At, we, we like you better at safety because those are what highlights your ability. So I, I, think, I think that is going to really help. And, like, the whole thing with Eberflus is he loves turnovers, right? Like, that's, that's going to be a high priority of this defense, and that's, that's something that's lacked on this defense. And I think you're going to see guys like Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson really, really bounce back because you're going you're gonna to have, like, this cover two defense, which allows the pass rush to get there, which is going to allow other, other players to shine and, and highlight those abilities. That's something I know that I had to really learn from you as we were talking through this because I hadn't realized just how much experience you've personally had coaching defense, but it makes a lot of sense that somebody like Eddie Jackson, an all-star, a stud at safety, like even though, yes, he's being paid a ton of money, somebody that can play slot corner, and as we've seen in the Senior Bowl, that's not normal for a safety to be even able to play the position at all, but even so, just because he can hang in the league, at slot corner doesn't mean that he's using his talents to the utmost ability if he plays that position. It'll be really interesting to see the way that this Bears staff handles a whole lot of the players. I mean, you and I could probably do a whole separate podcast on which players trans like tran what word translate Excellent. translate well to Eberflus's cover two scheme, which is similar but a little different than what Desai and Fangio do in terms of pattern match zones, but. I do feel like the attitude of a detail-oriented mindset and making sure that you do all the little things right, yes, to some degree it's coach speak, right? I mean, we even heard Eberflus in his first presser use the phrase, we will tell the players the why. Like, we've heard that from Nagy, right? But, I mean, when you watch this Eberflus tape, I feel like what he's saying really really comes through in the way that his players play, which is important to me. Right, right, right. The, the one thing that I love that he talks about and what I've seen just from videos on YouTube and whatnot is he's big on detail. And if you're going to play a zone defense, that's one thing that you, that, you need to be, that you need to have high as a priority is detail, right? And that, what that detail allows you to do is it allows you to disguise coverages while also having a basic coverage at the same time, right? So you're showing cover one, and then right before this, right before the snap, you change the cover two. And what that what that does is, it doesn't allow certain quarterbacks to to audible out of out of some of these route concepts and put them in the best ability to succeed. Right? You change it up at the last minute and you make the quarterback work. That's what you want to do. You want to make the quarterback and the offense work hard so that eventually they make a mistake and that's when you capitalize. Right. And it'll be cool to watch that come into play because, I mean, I don't want to ruffle any Indianapolis feathers if we do have any Colts listeners, but I feel like a lot of the defensive back talent, and especially the talent in terms of pass rush, is actually a little stronger in Chicago, just being direct than it was in Indianapolis, which could really favor them. Now, there's one more position group that I know I want to ask about because obviously we're going to need to see what happens with Chris Morgan, who the offensive line coach from Atlanta did not have a particularly great run as a Falcons offensive line coach. But Tyke Tolbert, their wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator, seemed like somebody who was very well sought after. And if anything, it got me thinking about just how bad wide receivers have been in Chicago under Mike Fury, who we were looking this up earlier today, had only coached wide receivers at the collegiate level at Marshall before ever working in the NFL. So I 
Is it safe for me to feel like, whether it's even just little things, right? Like wide receiver blocking, like the way that they handle themselves on the route to route, that we could expect wide receivers in Chicago to get a little bit better than they were throughout the Nagy era? Honestly, they have to. They, they as, as far as far as what you're talking about it, on detail oriented players, like the the wide receivers couldn't be any worse. So I I think bringing in a guy like Tolbert, who's been in the NFL for ten plus years, he had four plus offers as as a wide receivers coach. And like I, I saw someone earlier today that I highly value their opinion say that he's the best wide receivers coach in the NFL. So if that's even relatively true, right. I'll take that all day over what they had with Fury because the thing was with, with Fury, he, he was a guy that wasn't necessarily accomplished enough to have that job. He had that job because he was Nagy's friend, which is very, very disappointing. And that's that's the one thing about, about Tyke Tolber is he's just a highly talented wide receivers coach. And I think the Bears could utilize that because – I mean, they might be bringing in a lot of young receivers that are going to need a tough wide receivers coach to show them the way. Right. And I can't wait for it. I mean, look, I get it. We talked about it earlier in the show that there is a little bit of worry when it comes to this staff being potentially another Frankenstein staff. Kind of like we saw with Matt Nagy, who when he originally showed up in Chicago, he hired Mark Helfrich out of Oregon who I don't know quite when they crossed paths, but it seemed evident that they weren't working super well together. Harry Highstand is the O-line coach, potentially the run game coordinator. That title was never really given out, so it's hard to tell, but I know a lot of times that goes to the O-line coach. And it felt like, especially after 2018, things got disjointed, right? Who's to say what happened? But this staff, at the very least, when you go through many of the different position coaches, wide receivers really sticks out to me. They seem like... I don't know quite where Getsy knows some of these people, but they are qualified enough to hold the position. And especially after where things ended in Chicago, I I hope I'm not crossing a line here, but <laughs> hard to go anywhere but up, right? Right, right, 100%. And we we need to wait for the rest of this coaching staff to be filled out. And hopefully hopefully those have a couple more ties to Getsy because that's what you look for. Um, but overall, you, you, you just want coaches that, that are able to believe in each other and obviously like give that to their players as well so that they can perform it was super interesting really truly hearing you talk about it and bobby peters a friend of ours also talked about this just how important it is for coaches to quote unquote speak the same language i mean Mm -hmm. obviously if i if i said like one coach speaks french another speaks portuguese everybody would say well obviously that's not going to work but you forget how I don't know, important football jargon and vernacular is between different systems. You were kind of telling me about this, about how if one coach considers one route like a snag and another would call it a hitch, there's some translation that has to happen. And every time you translate a little bit, you start to play that telephone game that you were talking about. Hopefully the Bears have this in mind as they go through hiring out assistants, because like you said, When it comes to any head coach, offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, if a player is making a mistake, they're either teaching it that way or they're allowing it to happen. So as long as that chain of telephone is as short or at least as consistent as possible, the offensive and defensive coordinators can make sure that they can fix every mistake they possibly see. Right, 100%. Any other thoughts about the coaching staff before we close up? 
Uh, no, not really. I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited about this defensive back coaching staff. I know James Rowe was high, highly, highly thought of in the league, and I'm really excited to see what he can do with these young DBs. I know Thomas Graham is a young DB that I know he doesn't have the length that the Colts preferred as the, with their defenders, but I think he's the guy that can definitely be utilized in this cover two scheme, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they utilize him moving forward and whether that is on the outside or if that's in nickel. Right. I mean, this is the season. This is the time for hype, right? I mean, the Tyke Tolbert get wide receiver coach really has me excited, and Luke Getze is somebody that, at the very least, I can see the upside. I'll be the first to tell you, Brandon. Like, I don't mean to dampen the mood, but with how the Bears have been over the last three years, especially on offense, coming off of a year where somehow, some way, they were dead last in passing yards per game, which is a silly volume stat, but helps drive home the point of just how unsuccessful they were. Sure, there's nowhere to go but up, but I don't want to necessarily go selling myself on an amazing offense just yet while there's only one wide receiver under contract. I know this is the season, of course, for er, for coaching acquisitions. We got to wait for free agency, but man, I am, especially after this senior bowl, dying to know what their first personnel moves are because you add a little bit of talent to this roster and you get some better coaching than maybe we expect. This team, look, I don't want to say like it could go places, but hey, If Aaron Rodgers isn't in the division, and goodness gracious, if Minnesota trades Kirk Cousins, because this is a pretty important year for them, the division is wide, wide open. And who's to say the Bears couldn't take it? Right, 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 for sure. And I I think that's something that they could definitely capitalize on if Kirk Cousins gets traded and Aaron Rodgers gets traded. That's something that the Bears should be looking at because there's only a short window for rookie contracts. And if that your division's very weak and they're basically asking you to take the division title, you better allocate some resources to take that title and not wait to slowly rebuild this team. Especially when, like we're seeing, I mean, I couldn't cite to you the edge rushers that are playing on Indianapolis, but Robert Quinn, regardless of whether, look, 18 sacks is so rare, I am not about to expect it to happen again, right? But a dangerous speed rusher on one side and Khalil Mack, one of the more notorious edge rushers in the NFL on the other, with Vaughn Miller this season quickly reminding us that even if, quote-unquote, you were a bigger name five years ago, there's still plenty of juice that a truly legendary pass rusher has in them. This system on defense could be better than we think it would be, faster than we think it would be. I don't want to set myself up for a Chuck Pagano situation where somehow I convince myself that Chuck Pagano's 2019 defense is going to be better than Vic Fangio's 2018 defense, but I can't help but watch the film and see it translate. And if, like we said, the Packers and the Vikings leave the door open, it would make a lot of sense for a middling offense and a surprisingly good defense to potentially win the North. Right, for sure. Yeah, I I could definitely see that happening. I mean, hey, one last thought. Ryan Pohl said in his presser that, and I quote, we're going to take the North and we're not going to give it back. Who knows? Maybe he's thinking about exactly that, that it might be, quote unquote, a cheap divisional title, but he maybe he plans to push to take it. And like he said, try to hold on to it for as long as possible. It just, time-wise, it makes a lot of sense, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, you're talking about an ascending team versus versus teams that aren't doing the same. Like, I, I don't think the Lions are, are ascending at the same level, so the Bears have to take advantage of that. It'll be cool to watch. 
Either way, we'll be right with you as it goes on, Bears fans. So, Brandon, you got anything in the works before we close up? No, not not right now. I should have I should have a few draft pieces out hopefully, but uh, other than that, just stay tuned and we'll see what we can get out to you guys. You bet. You can find my work. I'm probably gonna pump out some draft stuff myself on my YouTube channel, Run Pass Opinion, and of course on Windy City Gridiron. Bears fans, thanks so much for hanging out with us throughout this Senior Bowl weekend or week. I keep thinking it's a weekend. It's a work trip for crying out loud. And we will talk to you next time. Bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me.